Hi, I'm Peter Haddock, and welcome to another Think Tank podcast edition. This edition is sponsored by Leica Geosystems, the surveying and machine control specialist. And if you need to know how to get your connected worksite fully operational, give the team there a call or go on to leica-geosystems.co.uk. Now today, folks, I've got a very special guest. The last time I spoke to him was June 2020, when a lot of exciting things were happening with the business. And since then, not only has the business grown to do even more exciting stuff, he's also got a promotion. He is the Chief Operating Officer now of Plant Force Rentals. Ladies and gentlemen, introducing Sam Mercer. Sam, how the devil are you? Very well, thank you, Peter. Very well. And uh, yeah, thank you for the very kind introduction. Well, it's well deserved, Sam. I know you've been working with the business frenetically for a long time now. And I think one of the things that's really impressed me about following Plant Force and actually getting to know Plant Force since I started content with media in, in July 2019 is just how rapidly the business has grown. And also the kind of things that you're doing out there are really leading the way. And that's why I wanted to bring you back to talk about what you've been doing and some of the things that really are the challenges that the industry faces right now that you're trying to hit head on. And so, you know, I introduced you as the COO of, of Plant Force Rentals. Tell the people a little bit about how long you've been with the business first, Sam, and that progression. Um, so I've been with the business now. We're coming up to 11 years. I started out in the yard. I started washing machines. I was, a, I was a plant engineer at one point, then onto a higher desk. I've done probably every role in the business, really, um, which is which is great, you know, because at the end of the day, when we when we decide and we make changes and we want to change efficiencies and we want to do things, we want to do things that have a positive effect on people's lives and on people's day-to-day -day work life. So um, having had some experiences of what those things are, you know, it gives me a greater input into the business, which is fantastic. And I think you're right there, Sam. I think, you know, some of the leaders I talk to that have had that sort of ground level experience really do understand what it's like to work in the plant sector. You know, it's an exciting place to be right now, but also you have to work very, very hard. There's a lot of different challenges that face us all, not to the, the fact that we're operating huge machinery in you know very, very different conditions, which can be very dangerous in that instance. And I think you know, for me, it's really insightful to show people in the industry that you can go from sweeping the yard and making sure it's pristine to actually being this chief operating officer of one of the UK's leading plant hirers. Now, Sam, you know, it is a real people business, you know, and for me, we'll come on to talking about that because that's really important. But one of the things that the topics that I really want to start with is the fact that We've had COP26, the climate change conference in November last year in Glasgow. And there was a lot of talk about that and in the industry around how are we going to get to net zero and how actually have we got the burden on the Earthworks community? I mean, some of the contractors I've been talking to, 92% of all carbon emissions comes from their supply chain. Some of the larger projects, 70% of carbon emissions comes from the earthworks section of the project. So fundamentally, I know you've been doing an awful lot around how we can look at the carbon emissions element in, in a holistic way and how we can move to net zero. And one of those things you've been doing is proving what you're using and monitoring it. Tell me a little bit about 
your approach and the challenge that is faced by the industry? I think our approach really is, at the moment, it's very realistic. You know, everybody's ambitions for net zero are very futuristic, which is fantastic, and it's something we will achieve in time. I think for us, our biggest focus today is behavioural change. Um, whether the machine is powered by red or white diesel, HVO, hydrogen, or battery-powered, at the moment, we currently waste 60% of our energy on idle time. Across the board, across our large fleet of machines, what we see is a huge idle time, which is a waste. So whether we're recharging these batteries to then waste them the next day or waste a, a greener fuel, we're still wasting it. And that's something that, that's very relevant to, to here and now, really, with the data we have at our fingertips. We really need to push that behavioural change and uh, and cut these emissions as as much as we can. You know, future technologies will play its part, and there, you know, we're going to be flooded with new technologies very very soon. The the Cabalco excavator, we're extremely proud of. You know, the fuel efficiencies of that are are second to none, and we're truly a market leader. So there's lots of gains, and there's lots of things we can do in the here and now to combat the the emissions for for the construction industry. And you talk about data and you talk about actually having data. That's interesting to me to actually know that you've got the data at your fingertips. Tell me about the journey that you've gone to, because in June 2020, you know, we weren't talking about actually having that kind of data, that fleet data. Tell me about that move. That's something that's relatively new that you've been investing in, isn't it? Yeah, so, you know, we've been trialling this and we've been working on this for, for quite a while. You know, we're, we're currently in the partnership with Machine Max, and that gives us a, a single host platform to see our, our entire fleet. You know, it's something that's becoming more and more important to our customers. You know, we've, we have had some sort of single source platform for the past two years. In the middle of last year, we moved over to Machine Max, and that's a service we offer, offer to our customer base, obviously. You know, with emissions are, are something we all need to keep an eye on that. With the diesel change um, in April, uh, people are going to be coming more and more focused on cutting idle times and making making sure their plant that they're hiring is as efficient as the plant they own and run themselves. Absolutely. So you're telling me that you've got the ability now to, to look at the fleet. Say I've got a big project and uh, you're sending me lots of equipment, including the new Rockback truck I see that you've already got delivered onto site recently. You're able to tell me how much fuel these individual machines are using and some of the payload technologies integrated into, into that, which we're seeing on some of the new equipment as well. Is that right? Yeah, so across all brands that we run in plant for, so whether it's Hyundai, Cabalco, Rockback, um, all of those you know, we can we can get the same data source across all of those brands, so we can see engine on off times, idle times, working times, track times, uh, whether they've used other attachment, what their CO2 emissions are. So yeah, we can we can keep an eye on all that across our entire fleet. Um, our customers can log in and see that on a daily or weekly basis. Some of them, uh, most of them, upload every ten minutes. There's clean, fresh data there for them to see throughout the day um, you can see who's who's driving the machine we have a multiple amount of systems now so you can actually log in and see who's driving that machine as he recently done his quick training as he recently renewed his safety critical medical um, you can log into our higher software as well and, and also download anything you need from that as well so um, yeah you know we've, we've come a very long way since we last spoke 
we're a transparent business. We've always said that, you know, we, we talk very open and honest um, uh, and we're very transparent in the documents and the information we have as a business. So yeah, for pretty much anything, there's a, there's a login uh, and you can come and see what you need as a customer. So the Plant Force digital journey is not just about the equipment inside the cab, folks, or on board the cab. It's actually how you can look into the whole fleet on site. And I think, you know, that's really important for me, Sam, because, you know, one of the, the critical things that we need to do is recognise, like you mentioned earlier, how we can reduce carbon emissions. Now, everybody's like, well, you know, it might be a bit of a challenge, but hold on a minute. You mentioned it earlier. Right. The way in which you can be more profitable now um, is even more so important because we have got that change from red to white diesel. That creates a huge cost problem for somebody that's doing a job with a piece of equipment, whether they're hiring that piece of equipment from you, operating it themselves and filling it themselves, or whether they're hiring an operator from you with the machine and are responsible for the fuel elements. So it's now really even more important than ever, and actually probably a differential for you guys, to show people what can be achieved when you've got a well-trained operator, isn't it? It is really key, you know, I suppose on um, on a self-drive machine, they, they don't know unless we inform them. You know, that's our job. Our role is to inform you to use that equipment to the best of your ability. And it, it, if so, it may be to off-hire that machine and, and use one more efficiently that you already have on site. But if, it, if it's operated, of course, it's to, have, it's to have a driver in the cab that can be proactive and work, but it, but also use the technology as now. You know, we've spoken about infill design on GPS before, and you know, do you wait for someone to upload a 45 degree cut on a batter, or does the does the driver input that himself and, and crack on and do it? So, yeah, those those will they really will be vital come come April this year. And so what I'm seeing in some cases is that actually, if you look at a highly skilled operator from Plantforce coming onto a site that's been trained on the, the specific machine, that's got machine control on it, that's got the tilt rotator, that's the semi-automatics Cabelco you've spoken about, that person, for their fuel economy and their general overall cost, could be cheaper uh, because of the productivity levels that you can get out than actually hiring in a, a machine that is probably one or two years old, and has not got all of that technology on it. And because obviously you eliminate any rework with 3D machine control. With a tilt rotator, you're not tracking backwards and forwards using a lot of engine power. You're more fixed and letting the actual tilt rotator do the job. The actual overall analysis and the data you must be able to show people it may even be that case, mightn't it? Definitely. It's, it's extraordinary what we can pull now. And um, we have been recently working on a new machine, which is like the 210 you, you spoke about. So like a semi-automatics uh, Cabalco with, uh, with the tilt rotator on. Um, but we are putting it onto a hybrid just to make it even more efficient. You know, I, th I don't think we can do any more than that after we've done that, to be honest. But yeah, you know, it has a, it has a huge effect on, on what you can achieve with the machine. It completely cuts the downtime down. You know, we're not waiting for somebody to come over and instruct the driver. The driver's working off his screen. Um, and, and to be fair, you know, we've, we've been able to maximise the productivity as, as far as we can in terms of tooling the machines to, to cope on site. Yeah, and I think, you know, that semi-automatics element, just for the listeners as well, semi-automatics, folks, actually helps the operator do some of the, the more simple tasks and also that automation connected 
to the 3D machine control ensures that the operator doesn't under or over dig, even when using a tilt rotator to, to sort of shape those batters, those ponds, etc. And, you know, I think what's really in sight for all of that element is the fact that these technologies are things that you've added to your capabilities since sort of June 2020. I've gone on to site and seen the semi-automatics machine working, and I even saw, Sam, the other day, that not only have you got the like a geosystem system on it, not only have you got the SOP tilt rotator on it, you've now got the XWOX system, which is the safety system, ingrained into it as well, haven't you? Yeah, yes, that's been great to see. You know, um, one of the problems we had with the height and slew restrictions was frequently updating your height and slew restrictions as you move around site, and new uh, integration with with like on that is phenomenal. You know, that really does. Um, it gives some peace of mind to to, uh, to you know what is what can be dangerous and critical works that have to be done on site, and knowing that that system is there to back you up it is phenomenal. It's a very very clever piece of kit. And this is all about you know making sure that the operator yes is efficient, yes doesn't have to wait around and idle, but also that they're operating in a safe way, that they're supported within that whole safety area because the fundamental thing that you need an operator to do is look outside the window not look at all of the, the what i called the cab clutter but by integrating all of these systems into singular tablets into in, into visual and audible as well as the tablet element means that you're not taking that operator too far away from actually doing the job itself and i think you know having those 360 cameras as well really makes that difference because there's two things that are happening, aren't there? One, you're you're downloading the model and everything and therefore having no engineers around you. And two, you're reducing cab clutter so that you can concentrate. And then I guess three, you're saying we're going to integrate all this slew and height restriction to protect you from going above things. So what, how has that gone down with your operator community? Because it must be a bit overwhelming at the start, but then it's like, God, hold on, I don't have to do all of this work now. No, well, it, it comes down to trust in the technology you're using. You know, we'll all see, if we post a photo of a machine like that, we'll all see the, the, the initial comments come on at me, which is which is distractions in the cab and that, you know, people think it's it's there to take their mind away. Actually, the technology is there give you to do your job and it's to warn you if you need, to, if there is something you need to know around you. You know, the, the camera systems used are there and, you know, some of them have got human detection on, so they are, they will let you know if somebody comes within reach. If your work unsafe zone, visible wall will cut that machine and stop you slewing into it or stop you digging to a certain depth. There is actually leaving the operator to do what he does best. And, you know, they're actually very helpful. Of course, people are always sceptical of new technologies, but uh, the experience that I've seen is that everybody that's got in and spent some time with them very, very quickly sees the benefits of them and sees how you can take your own abilities to, to the next level, letting the technology help you. Yeah, and I think, you know, some of these advances have led to some advances in your own business, Sam. So, so one of the big, big news stories from last year, and obviously this year is, is, is a big time to be on site, um, is a little project that you won a little bit of work on called 
HS2, Sam. You know, it's, you know, it follows on from the conversation we had about Hinkley C and the, the work you'd done there and, and the specialist machines again that you'd created for that project, those specific applications. But you really have gone and moved forward and really you know, sort of smashed it out the park, as I'd call it, with winning some work on HS2. Tell me about that journey from Hinkley C to HS2 and you know, why, again, that's another big game-changing step for you. This is huge for the for the business. You know, Hinkley pointed so many great things for us, but HS2 is is something of a size we've we've never really seen before. When we initially went for the for the contract with EKFB, there's a massive amount of, of competition and a daunting project, really. You know, 80, 80 kilometer of the 122 kilometers of HS2, which is a which is a, a very reasonable proportion, you know, it's it's massive and it's really going to take us to the next level. You know, we're very, very proud. I'm very happy to have achieved what we have, you know, to have really seen the two to be on both of the, I suppose, super projects that the UK has seen, Hinkley Point C and HS2, you know, to be on both is a really, really good achievement for us and really does showcase what Platforms has to offer. You know, we are a fantastic business full of great leaders and um, real experts in the industry and um, having that chance to kind of show those skills on another major project is a real honour. So, Sam, you know, you've been winning a lot of projects and there's been a lot of investment in the fleet as well. Tell me a little bit about how Plant Force has grown as a business since we last spoke in June 2020. Lots more kit, lots more people, I guess. The growth over the last few years has been phenomenal, really. You know, we're, we're um, knocking on the 2000 door. So, you know, we're nearly at 2000 pieces of plant across the business, which is, you know, a really, really astronomical number you know there's lots of new people um you know there's new new depots and divisions you know we recently moved the the finley division down into one of our our depots in bridgewater so the crushing and screening division has a new home um which is you know again was new to plant force in, in 2020 uh, and that business is you know on its own is already doubled over the past two years um plant force rentals you know we are kind of steamrolling through you know we're now running uh, you know, 200 dump trucks, nearly 50 dozers, you know, like I said, nearly 2,000 2, pieces of plant. Um, yeah, it's, you know, we're, we're kind of unrecognisable from where we were a few years ago. Um, you know, we're just focusing on how we can kind of deliver deliver the quality as well, you know, as, as much as we're, we're growing rapidly. It is about service. It's about customer service for us. It's about reliability. And it's about giving customers, you know, a, a fair service for, for what they pay. You know, we have a... a, a a very modern, very well-kept fleet of machinery. You know, I think we've always been been known and been seen as a as a kind of a premium brand in in the industry, uh, and we want to make sure we hold on to that as we grow. And I think the biggest thing about that, Sam, is you know, is actually the people piece. You know, and this is why I wanted to talk uh, and leave this to to a little bit further on in the podcast because people are the real lifeblood of this industry. And of course, when you're growing as fast as you are, two thousand pieces of kit. Yes, some people are hiring the kit alone, but you've got a huge growth in your operated 
plant piece there. And, and with that, you've obviously got to bring more people into the industry. And that comes on to how you've managed that process. You sort of saw it coming and you were doing a lot and launching a lot in June 2020 with your relationship with Western College. But how has that progressed and how have you been able to get more people into the industry? And not just that, you know, upskill the people that you've got for this, you know, semi-automatics future that you've already started to work on. Yeah, you know, there's there's a lot of elements to this and how, how we achieve it. You know, multiple divisions and depots, it's it's hard. And that doesn't just go to, you know, the operator base as well. As a growing company, we need people across the whole business all the time. What we started with Western College was really, really good. It was a, a really good benchmark for us that we've kind of since added to. We have a new, uh, a new partnership with LP Training in the Midlands. Um, you know, the Midlands is a very fast-growing area for us. It's also an area that very quickly running out of resource with the presence of HS2. So again, you know, we're, we're trying to put another modern, highly advanced, you know, training academy in where people can go and use and it's not just open to plant force, it's open to anybody that wants to go to it. Um, and that's been brilliant, you know, just from the LP training academy so far, we have put 12 new apprentices who are currently out working, you know, I think are our actual apprenticeship percentage for the business at the moment is around 8%. So 8% of our total workforce is, is currently on an apprenticeship. So we're definitely, you know, we're doing our bit to, to bring new people in. I think we've always been an ambassador for that as well. You know, we don't just sit back and kind of cherry pick. We all have a responsibility to bring new people in and do it well. You know, our, our apprenticeship program is, especially on plant operators, been extremely successful. You know, one of the things we, we did straight away is that we upped the level of training they received before they went to site. So actually 50% of all their training they, they should do in the first 12 months, we, we do before they ever go to site, before they ever leave our training ground. Um, oh. And that's, that's absolutely vital. You know, we, we want these guys to, to have the confidence of where they're going and the confidence to do the job. But also we're not just training how the machinery works. We're talking about culture. We're, we're talking expectations on site. We're talking, we've all been in a, on a site canteen and it can be very jovial, but we want to prepare people. You know, we want people to be mentally prepared to the work that we're coming to do. We don't want them to be nervous. We don't want them to be, to be shy. We, we want them to come and, and flourish on these sites. The apprenticeship program has, has been a real, real success this year. It's been something, you know, we've enjoyed doing and, uh, and we're really optimistic to see the, the high numbers really because we really are only just starting and I think you know if we fast forward you know three six months this year we'll be probably looking at having another 20 or 30 apprentices coming through the program already by then. And I've seen one of those sort of apprentices that you fast-tracked as well Sam you know and that was Ted Powell who I saw working on your semi-automatics machine actually with with a company called blue dot and uh, you know what was really fascinating about that is a young operator was being given your best machine in your fleet to operate and do a job on site for a customer so some of those uh, you know machines you'd have thought would have been reserved for the best operator and people would have to work up to be able to get a chance to go on them but that's not right is it that's not the right way to do things the way in which you need to do things is is give the right tools to people and actually 
you know, let them shine when it comes to that. And that particular operator was able to program his own buns into the Leica Geosystems tablet that uh, because they're, they're more savvy. So, you know, you've got an actually a totally different attitude, haven't you, to what I would have commonly thought that would be the case. You know, why, why again, is that important? Well, I suppose it comes down to what we spoke about at the beginning, Peter, is the, the opportunities we're given in this business, you know, the opportunities I've been given in this business, um, you know, um, and, and some of these guys that come in, they really do take to the technology very, very fast and very easy. Um, so, you know, if, if they're good at it and they find it interesting uh, and, and they, they want to take those opportunities, then then that's our job really is to, is to make sure they're there for them. You know, uh, Ted's been fantastic. Um, you know, Ryan... James, you know, there's there's so many that have come through the, the school this year that have really, really impressed us. And, you know, and, and they're on sites now with customers that just won't let them go. You know, <laughs> and that, um, that shows how well they're doing. It's fantastic. And I think that does really come back to that sort of investment in skills. But what you, you really focus on, like you said before, is behavioural change, but also being part of the plant force family, you know. And I think from my perspective, you've seen the ability for these people to grow. And what that does, I guess, is that builds careers and momentum because the challenge we've got in this industry is not just to attract and train new talent. It's all about keeping them, isn't it? So, you know, how are you finding the ability to keep people in the industry? And, and what's that looking like right now? Plant Force has always had a very, very good retention number. You know, our percentage is extremely high. Uh, lots of our staff have been here for a very long time. And of course, that's that's something we, we wish to continue, you know, treating people well, giving them opportunities, giving them training is absolutely vital because this industry, we, we said it earlier, this industry is not always easy. There's some real characters in the industry. There's some tough days and there's times where things need to be done and we need to really get on with it. And I think people are attracted by that, but there's, you know, people don't just want to be doing the same thing every day. And uh, what you find with people that enjoy that kind of atmosphere or industry is that they actually want to progress. And that may not even just be in terms of their their um, job title but actually progress as a person and get better at what they're doing you know and, and I think that's that's something we, we really enjoy and we like giving people that opportunity so yeah we've got to keep we've got to keep moving as a business we've got to keep investing in new technology we've got to keep working smarter not harder you know and changing things be at the you know be at the cold face but be at the front end of technology you know which is I think somewhere we've positioned ourselves in the past few years is that we're the people people approach when they've got something new they want to try, you know, which is great. And that, again, something exciting for all of our staff. When, when something comes in that we get to try out, the operators get to have a go on it. You know, we all get to have a little look around and see how it works and put our thoughts into it. It's, it's really enjoyable. And I think where we look at all of that, then that's far more inclusive. But also, Sam, what we've recognised in the industry, and I've heard a lot about over the last few years since I started doing this podcast, is the fact that we've got the word competency and then we've got, we took, use words like upskilling, but you know, people complain about the types of ticket that people have got and things like that. But what really stands out for me is the fact that you as a business have looked at the, the world around you and gone, actually, we need to help people to get accreditation for their skill sets. What's really a standout for me in 2022 
was the launch of your digital BTEC with Western College because fundamentally what we're saying to people is yes you can get a ticket you can do this you can show you've passed this and passed that to get a competency level is the next stage up but actually to get a recognized accredited qualification is something that people can really shout about isn't it and tell me the reasoning behind you know putting all of that effort and i know it has taken a lot of collaboration with the college and a lot of time to to create that btec what's the thinking behind it again you know it, it's us playing our part and trying to do what we can for the industry um, that's not just exclusive we recognize that the technology is coming so fast you know, to, to try and upskill and train all of the operators. It's really hard. And a lot a lot of these guys, and they're doing amazing. They're on site and they're picking it up as they go, which is phenomenal. But other people, other need to learn in a different way. And we wanted something that, that was recognised, something that gave confidence. You look, if this guy has this ticket, we know he knows what he's doing. And and also, you know, there's there are multiple brands out there. So this is this touches all the brands. So no matter what you've been used to using, you'll know how to go from one to the other. And it, it's just something we felt that, that needed to be done for the industry, really. It's something that gives us the confidence. We've done digital GPS training for for years, you know, two, three years ago, we started doing that. But we were always giving training to depend on the audience. And sometimes that's really hard because you're training five people. One's never used GPS technology before and the other is actually quite advanced so by doing this course we really it should bring the industry up to, to kind of one significant level really but yes it was it was really hard work to be able to do and a lot of people you know really did have to to do a lot to to achieve it but uh, what we did with western college on that is is phenomenal really and it will be available from lp training which is really exciting and you're expecting to roll that out further with with more partnerships i take it We'd love to see it go further. You know, I think it's something that once it's out there, people will want to be involved in. You know, it's a legacy piece, isn't it? It's something that somebody has forever, you know. So, yeah, we'd like to see that rolled out and, and become an industry standard, really. And so, you know, that really leads me on to where we see the next few years going. So I've called the individual the digital plant operative and the digital earthworks manager. But what are the other types of people you're bringing in and, and you see more demand for within your business as, as it grows and as we grow that sort of connected work site uh, that so many people are being talking about? What are the kind of people you'll need? You know, the digital side... Peter is really, really booming at the minute. You know, install engineers, site engineers, those guys are really in high demand at the minute for us. You know, everything has to be versatile. You know, a machine has to be able to come in off of a, a normal hire and go out tomorrow, fully GPS enabled with semi-automatics if they want, pedestrian cameras, you know, Xbox, you know, we have to be able to, to react really, really quickly. So there's going to be a huge emphasis on that. You know, I know we're all going to be be struggling with engineers and, and labour and, and plant operators over the next couple of years because it's already tough. We got a glimpse of it at the tail end of 2021 where, you know, really for, for four or five weeks, there really wasn't anything left in the industry. You know, all the yards were empty and all the ops were out. You know, I think that's... It's going to be a different year but for, for us you know the contract on hs2 is obviously 
a major focus for us. That, that's really going to do some amazing things for the business. We're also going to open another division of the business at the end of next year, and um, and we'll probably be completing our uh, our kind of geographical coverage with the Northern Depot as well come the end of next year, which is really exciting because you know that's our customers' demands are that we you know we cover more and more of the country all the time. So that's that's something we're going to have to achieve. You know we're going to carry on doing our training and just making sure we're focused on the customer services really and make sure that that Blantforth brand is as strong as it's ever been. That sounds like a really exciting future for you guys at the moment. It's months away, not years away. And I think the integration of 3D and the project delivery is, is really so important. You know, and I think that we mentioned at the very start of this podcast that, you know, there'll be a lot of change coming. There'll be a lot of new technologies coming. And I had a, an interview with Malcolm Dare, one of the board directors of National Highways, and he believed that you know, our industry is ripe for disruptors to come in, technology players to come into our market and deliver services that enable us to reach that sort of goal of net zero and things like that. And I think it's a really exciting time when you, you're just saying there to the industry in a wider sense, if you've got solutions, come and talk to us, come and show us, come and see them in a real life application with us. And therefore, we can see and help those businesses adapt technologies that will work and that will help us all and i think that comes on to a couple of key things for me uh, one of the things i've also been talking about towards the end of of last year at, at some of the shows is the digital rehearsal which folks just to tell you a little bit about the digital rehearsal is around using 3d models and designs and everything to actually look at how you can run a job without the kit, without the people even being on the site yet. So it's looking at how you don't run a road job more effectively with all the data and all the things you've got to do, how you position everything. And that sort of digital rehearsal is going to be something that's potentially going to really help you as a plant hirer and a, a sort of plant contractor, as it were, that you, you're, you're more like as well now, isn't it? Those sort of advances in technologies from your client delivered into you with the right data, isn't it? Oh, definitely. You know, the big changes that we had in design this these last few years have made all the jobs work more efficiently. The programs are clearer, they're more scheduled, they're more on time. You know, that as a supplier for us is 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 absolutely music to our ears. You know, that um that cuts out some of the late Friday night orders for, for Monday morning and gives the sites a lot more information of, of where they are on the project. You know, we're able to see through some of our systems exactly where we are on the cut. You know, what we're loading, what we're um, loading out and tipping per day versus what, where we need to be on the programme and do we need to step things up or are we okay? You know, well, what can we change on site to make them more efficient? But yeah, the advances of technology are, are absolutely huge at the minute. You know, we've, we're trying to stay on top of everything coming through. But yeah, you know, it, we do really have everything with our fingertips and it makes, makes the management of these sites a, a lot easier. So, so I'm going to come back, Sam, to finish this off. I'm going to come back to this sort of future fuels and, and things that we discussed. And, you know, this is called the Think Tank podcast because, folks, the tank is what I think about. All these different things we've been talking about with Sam really do affect the drop of fuel, the kilowatt uh, of fuel or the hydrogen that's in a tank and, and how much value that delivers. So if we're idling too much 
if we're in an old piece of knackered old equipment that you can't maintain properly, then the value of that fuel is very, very low. But if we're in a super semi-automatics like a machine controlled SMT, uh, X watch, etc., singular machine like plant forces, the value of that drop becomes very, very high. And Sam, you know, we, we've seen this transition at the moment. Um, obviously, a lot of people are talking, and particular likes of tier one contractors like Skanska, about the use of HVO on sites. And I guess I'm guessing because you're renewing your fleet so much that you're ready for that transition to grow even more, are you? We're already a HVO compliant business. Um, you know, our entire fleet could run on HVO tomorrow if, if asked what our, our customer base wanted. You know, when you kind of ring up and, and order a machine now, uh, not only will you kind of give what buckets you want with it or what specification, it will be what fuel would you like in the tank will be one of the next questions. And we'll be supplying machines with either HVO or white diesel in just so we can kind of match them and have them kind of preset to, to what they're going to run on site. Um, but yeah, you know, that, that that's going to be a massive change for, for everybody on site. And like you say, it brings it brings efficiencies to the forefront because there's any kind of cost they had or or downtime, they're only going to get greater. So yeah, it's going to be put a, put a real kind of focus on, on that in the industry. Yeah, and I think, you know, we're seeing a lot of, of the smaller electric machines coming through now. I went on to site recently with one of the JCB electric telehandlers, the, the sort of largest in its electric fleet. And, you know, as we move forward, we're hearing a lot in the marketplace around big players like Caterpillar investing in hydrogen for mining. Obviously, JCB's got its hydrogen machine coming through. So a lot of those things are coming down the line. But I think you know, this that big challenge that you spoke to about the here and now is really what we need to focus on um, so that we can be more efficient. And um, I think that we've got an immense opportunity to use technology, but the most important people are the brains inside the cab, which are the operators that, that you know, you really are pumping a lot of information and support into. So it really is the year of ramping it up by the sounds of things. Where do you think the industry is going? It sounds to me that we've got boom times at the moment. We haven't necessarily got the people, but we're pushing them through as quickly as possible. But are we going to have enough equipment on site? Are we going to have enough people to continue the growth of this sector? What are your thoughts? It's going to be very close. It's going to be very, very close. We're definitely looking at an industry boom. There's there's no doubt about it. Like I said, you know, we saw we saw the glimpses of it late last year. Um, when these major projects ramp up, you know, kind of April, May in 2022, you know, I think we're, we are going to come short of plant. You know, there are, you know, the order books with the manufacturers are full. You know, there really isn't a lot more kit you can get your hands on this year. The demands that we have ourselves are alone are, are huge. Um, I think we're in a good position. I think we've, uh, we're lucky with, with some of the contracts we have that we have a good sight of these coming. So we've had time to prepare. We've had time to recruit. Uh, we've had time to order our plant. Um, yeah, we're in, we're in a really good position for that. And Sam, of course, your position is going to keep expanding by the sounds of things as you continue to grow. And it's great to see that, um, you know, you're able to do that 
and you're able to maintain the plant force sort of ethos, um, which is sort of digitally led and innovation led. And I can't wait to see what next goes on the excavator and the new hybrid that's going to be popping out to see us uh, make us super efficient. And uh, one of the things I'd like to know and I'd like to sort of follow uh, with you guys in 2022 is how we are making that emissions impact, how we're reducing the emissions, how we're actually being better with reducing idle time and understanding how the technology that you're using is making that big difference. Because when we can do that and we can share that with the wider industry, then we can all save a drop here, a drop there. We can all think a little bit more about the tank, folks. And that's where I'll leave it here. This has been another Think Tank episode sponsored by my friends at Leica Geosystems. They're the 3D machine control and surveying specialists. And if you want to get a connected worksite with all the benefits, carbon emissions and the benefits of fuel reduction, then just go and see their website, leica-geosystems.co.uk. Sam, it's time for me to say a big thank you to you. It's been great to talk to you today, and I can't wait to see the Plant Force team in full effect in 2022. Thanks very much. Thank you, Peter, and thank you for having me today. No problem at all, Sam, and thanks to you, the listeners, for spending some time with me today. And until the next time, goodbye. <laughs>